This is the Opening Market Podcast on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network for Wednesday. I'm Mark Magnuson. Joined today by Jim McCormick of agmarket.net. Jim, what are we seeing taking place on the grains ahead of the WASD report this week? A little bit of back and forth to the downside. Mark, we've been trading kind of more of a sideways range, and this morning we're seeing a little bit of weakness across the board. Maybe like a little bit of risk off the re- with us being a little, little more than 24 hours away from uh, the big October uh, WASD release. And Jim, with that WASD report, I've been hearing a lot of talk about, you know, the September and October reports are very important for what we learn in these reports. Is this October report even a little bit more elevated in terms of its importance than that September report? Well, I think in the, the October one's a big one because we've got a pretty good look at what the yields are. I mean, we, we've made some pretty good progress on the harvest. So the government actually has yield, true yield data. So, uh, you know, this October report will really kind of maybe set the tone for the rest of the year. Traditionally, like if they lower this crop in October, there's probably a little bit of a bias for this crop to go a little bit smaller going into the rest of the year. If they would reverse turn and raise the crop up for some reason here tomorrow, then maybe you look for that, maybe to turn, maybe firm back up on the yield, you know, the size of the crop down the line. But right now, the average trade guess is for the crop to get a little bit smaller here tomorrow. Jim, we were talking here in the office about some volatility when you're looking at the basis prices around the state here in Iowa and even in some local areas and kind of the discrepancy between those prices, even in an area that's not too far apart. Is there anything that we should be looking at as far as what's driving that volatility? right now and kind of what we're seeing? Well, right now, I'd say if you do happen to get a very good push compared to some of the maybe your other uh, facilities you might deliver to, you might definitely want to take advantage of it. I would guess the biggest reason why you're seeing a, a very a lot of volatility in this basis is just the way this grain market was sold. A lot of producers did not get this grain sold this year very well, unfortunately. I saw some estimates less than a third of this crop was forward sold. Some estimates had it less than that. Um, simply because the uncertainty of the size of the crop. So when the producer is not getting that grain sold, that also means that end user didn't get his needs locked in. And as this pro- as this harvest has progressed, maybe you got an end user that is a little bit more in demand of trying to keep his you know feed facilities going or his processes facilities going. So you might see a bump from here time to time as he's trying to keep this filled up right now because the tendency right now as a producer to put that grain in his bin first and then bring in the overflow bushels to the commercial. And like I said, the you know the one thing you talked about the volatility, I think the one thing you also say about the yield volatility, when we talk to our clients, especially in Iowa, they say it's amazing the volatility that you're seeing from field to field or even within a field. So, you know, until we get this crop completely put away, there's definitely going to be a debate on how much grain is actually out there. Jim, let's switch over to the other side of the ag marketplace and the livestock complex. What are we seeing taking place with the livestock? Well, a little bit of consolidation right now. Uh, when you look at the beef side, the cattle side, we broke hard late last week. We've been consolidating the last couple of days. We're getting mixed signals uh, on the macro front. The jobs number was very, very good, which would signal a very strong economy. But the inflation reading that came out today was a little bit hotter than what anticipated. You've got the uncertainty going on in the Middle East. So it's got people a little bit unnerved. There is talk of the Fed raising interest rates right now. So the economy is kind of teetering right there, depending on which signal you're looking at. So even though we know the supply is very tight on the B side of the equation, right now I think the market's a little bit leery that is the consumer going to be willing to step up and uh, continue to buy that high-priced beef. On the hog side of the equation, you know, they've had a very good roller coaster ride. They broke hard in the first part of October. They've had a little bit of a rebound. 
um, stalled out the moving averages and you know more probably going to chop today as they wait for uh, you know how the grain numbers play out tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock. Jim, it seems like every time we get an update on the export numbers for the hogs, they set some kind of new record or they're doing extremely well. I guess, what are you seeing right now as far as pork exports and kind of how well it is doing in those markets overseas? Well, I think it's very, very good to see it. I mean, the reality is we've got an oversupply of pork right now, um, and you know we can't consume it all here. I think our pork demand domestically may pick up a little bit if consumers shift away from the high cuts of beef down to maybe a cheaper protein. If they're if they're you know financial they're financially get stretched, but yeah, if you continue to get this pork to move, it's going to be good. It does look like um, you know we've got the president and maybe the president of China are going to meet later on this year. Hopefully, that kind of solidifies a little bit more demand from the Chinese. The reality is, you know, we are not in the best of uh, agreements with the Chinese right now. But uh, you know, like I said, we've got a little bit of oversupply on pork, so anything we can push out to uh, some other countries that want our product, the better off we all are. Jim, right now when we're looking at those numbers for the hogs and kind of what we got on the hogs and pigs report, and we had more hogs than we thought, and it kind of you see that discrepancy in the numbers. I've been talking about some analysts since that report came out. From your perspective as an analyst, what is that like when you're expecting one number and then it's kind of completely different than what you were expecting? Well, I mean, it's you know, it's the numbers. You may disagree with it. I mean, the reality how I've always taken it, it doesn't matter if it's a hogs and pig report, it's the cattle report or tomorrow's grains report, I always view the USDA, the official, the government numbers. You may not agree with it. They're kind of like the referee of a football game. You may not like the call, but that's the call. you got to move on. And, you know, that's because that's the data the vast majority of the trade will trade. So, you know, the data suggested that maybe we had more hogs than anticipated. The market's going to trade it. But then we'll see. Eventually, the supply demand will come to forefront when it's all said and done. If the numbers aren't there or there are there, the price will, this will essentially – come clean about it. If we have a smaller supply of hogs than what we think, that will drive the price of hogs eventually back higher. If the supply is more than we need, then the prices will go down as it tries to essentially stimulate demand. Same thing for the grain market. If the grain yields are more than we need, the prices will go down to generate some demand. On the other hand, if the crop gets smaller, like some people are thinking tomorrow, then you're going to see maybe this market try to move back up as end users say, hey, there's not as big of a supply. I got to bid a little bit more aggressively to get that grain bought, which may be partly what you're seeing going on in the basis in parts of Iowa right now, where some of these producers or end users, excuse me, are trying to get their needs covered because there are some definitely disappointing yields in portions of the country. He is Jim McCormick of agmarket.net, our guest here this morning. Jim, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch for more marketing information? Uh, you can reach me directly at 815-665-0461. Reach any of the Ag Market team members at 844-424-6758. Jim, thank you for the great information. As always, we will speak again soon. Have a great day. Thank you. That was Jim McCormick of agmarket.net. It's time now for a check of the numbers. December corn down one even at 484 and a half. November soybeans down six and a quarter at 1265 and a quarter. December soybean meal unchanged at 377.50. December soybean oil down 53 cents at 52.69. Chicago wheat down three even at 587 even. Minneapolis wheat down one and a quarter at 722 and a quarter. Kansas City hard red wheat down three and a quarter at 667 and three quarters. March oats down a half cent at 428 even. On the Merck, December live cattle up 70 cents at 185.70. November feeder cattle up 60 cents at 250.95. December lean hogs down 5 cents at 71.37. December pork cutout down 97 cents at 81.80.
and Class 3 milk down 10 cents at 17.23. This has been a check of the opening markets on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network, where Iowa Ag matters.